Welcome to the Bass and Brews Podcast, your weekly distraction from other high-quality podcasts. And now, your host, Alex from Swamp Rat Fishing, and the co-hostess with the mostest, the Jabberhammer, Paul Roberts. Started with a hit in glass. What did you see? Stone Cold Steve Austin. <laughs> I mean, maybe, maybe if I what didn't look like a jelly roll. Mm. <laughs> That's true. What's up, everybody? It's Friday, and that means it's Bass and Bruise time. I like the dead air. Solid, okay, solid okay. work, Paul. Uh, I waited until Paul oh, took great, a drink. Great, if you guys aren't great, watching great us, in, great intro, Alex. Way to fuck it yep, up. Yep. Starting off. I do what I can. Um, if you guys aren't watching us, you guys just miss us on YouTube as Paul was. Uh, I waited to segue right when he was uh, trying to drink uh, some White Claw Surge or gout clearing medicine or whatever he's drinking <laughs> in his uh, cup. Uh, but it's, it, it's Friday and we've got another awesome episode. I already know it's going to be awesome. This is going on with this new thing. Um we kind of just explained it to the green room to uh, Coach Powell, our guest here. But uh, I feel like 2023, 2023 has been our stride in Bass and Brews. And by that, I mean, and I keep pumping it out on social media. This is the fishing show that isn't just about fishing. We're here to talk about, we're, we're here to talk to anglers about whatever they want to talk about. And we're going to talk to the best anglers that you know. We're going to talk about the best anglers that you haven't met yet. And I'm excited for this one, Paul. Hey, Alex, Alex, uh, using the term stride and bass and bruise isn't good <laughs> because I'm pretty sure your little stubby leg stride um, is like, a, mm. I mean, it's a step, not it's a, a stride, little, little short, short thing you. I might be short, but at least I can stride with how chubby you've gotten. I, I, I doubt Ooh. you can waddle, let alone stride. So I don't want to hear I walk, that. Ball. I walk 2.38 miles every day, almost. I missed yesterday. I'm losing weight. Do... I'm going to get down to my fighting weight. My college playing days weight, a 220 is the first goal. I, uh, <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that seems – were you the uh, – what was that big uh, – that giant punter that played for the Raiders, was that you? No, you're thinking of uh, the kicker. He wasn't a punter. He was a kicker. Uh, Janikowski. Yeah, same no, thing. No, 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 no. And we'll get into that a little bit later because one time Coach Powell asked me to kick, and I said, Coach, I yeah. can't kick. He goes, what? Ain't you a kicker? I was like, no, man, I'm a punter. I can't <laughs> kick. You want me to play quarterback or any? you play any position on the field. But I can't kick. That's the only thing I can't do. But you were a punter. That's the same thing. No, I got him right it's when he's drinking again. Yeah. No, it's not because you know they tried to teach me how to kick before this game, and our long snapper Warren Green during this JV game we played against Hargrave ended up being the kicker, and uh, I was the punter. I, I'm saying you had the audacity to say that you could play quarterback. But you couldn't kick a field goal. Same um, thing. No, no. Yeah, same thing. No, anyways. not at all. Not at all. 
We've got well, we got Coach Powell on. This is a longtime friend of Paul. Uh, I, I'm excited about this episode because uh, me and Coach here, uh, even in the green room, I was like, hey, is it okay to call you Coach? Because uh, as most people know, I'm a uh, dirty degenerate. I never had a coach. Uh, I skateboarded and did shenanigans. So I never did a lot of team sports. And uh, I don't know Coach very well, so I'm really excited for this episode to get to know him. Yeah, this is awesome because not only do we have a Division One college football coach mm -hmm. that has mm -hmm. coached some awesome running backs in college, he's also an angler. I'm, I mean, how good is that? Get? Yeah. He coaches football half the year and fishes the other half. It don't get no better than that. <laughs> Ain't that right, Coach? Well, I wish it was half and half. It's probably 90-10. 90% fishing, 10% coaching. <laughs> No, no, and you you cannot believe the amount of time we spend preparing spring mm. practice, you know, the fall training camp, summer plan. It's not a lot of time for fishing. I was sitting here today, you know, trying to figure out between now and June, I may I may get 15 days I can fish uh, mm. between now, which is not a lot. Uh, it's yeah. basically weekends, afternoons. So we don't we don't get a lot of time on the water. We spend a lot of time working more than people realize. Y'all have y'all have spring ball coming up here in the next few weeks, right? Yeah, uh, spring ball starts uh, 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 Tuesday. Tuesday, yep. yeah. Are, are, are y'all recruiting this time of year? Is it a soft period, or how does that work? You know, you recruit year round, but we're not we're not actively going on the road recruiting. We're not. This is a this is a dead period, actually a quiet period now, uh, as of March first. <laughs> so the kids can come on your campus now, but we cannot. We cannot see kids face to face off campus. Mm. So, Paul, what? it's out of the question. You're not getting recruited. <laughs> Look, I got one year eligibility left. I think. Mm, mm, uh, mm. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Damn, coaches like that. Uh, uh, no, mm -hmm. I don't know. You don't no, want yeah, a forty. You don't know the forty forty year old punter on campus. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't want me playing either. I don't, want, I don't want me playing for me either. So, no, I'm with, I want an 18 year old kid, the 19 year old kid that can fly. Well, that was never ball. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, coach, you know, let's 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 the journey that's got you here. I know you're from South Carolina. Yeah. Uh, you played ball at Indiana University uh, back in the late '80s. Right. What, what's the journey that's got you to hear where you at now? Oh man, it's been a long journey. You know, uh, it don't seem like a long journey now, but when you look back and start thinking about it, it's just a long journey. So yeah, I'm from South Carolina. In fact, now I'm down on my parents' farm. I came out here for spring break. My dad has a, a farm right here on broad river. Um, mm. my 90 year, my 91 year old dad farms all the time. In fact, uh, this afternoon we had to go get the track because he flipped a, uh, Big John Deere riding more. He was cutting some grass there, <laughs> bitch, and flipped it. But anyway, um, so I left. I left uh, after I got to Indiana. After I graduated from Indiana, um, well, let me say after my eligibility was up, I you know I didn't redshirt, so I needed a, another year to graduate. So I was a student assistant at Indiana. Then I was a graduate assistant at Indiana for just one semester. And then I got a, a, a graduate assistant job offered to me at University of South Carolina, but it didn't start until May. And I left Indiana in January of that year, and I volunteered at North Carolina A&T State. 
So then I went to South Carolina and I was a GA. I was there for one year. And then I left there and I went to the United States Military Academy in West Point, New York. Um, it was a position called uh, part-time coach. And basically you're a graduate assistant for the varsity team, but you coach the JV team. We had a, you know, a full schedule as a JV team. Uh, so after being there a year, I went to VMI and coached running backs. And after yeah. a year there, I went to the University of Rhode Island uh, for several years where I met my wife. Um, I left the uh, University of Rhode Island and went back to West Point and then um, had a great year at West Point. I loved it there and uh, had a chance uh, after that one season to coach a kid named Tiki Barber. And, mm. um, you know, I, I heard those, he's pretty good. Did, did I heard he, he's pretty yeah, good. Did, did, he did bad. something, right? Yeah. Yeah, he uh. did a few things. Yeah. <laughs> so I left West Point and I went to the University of Virginia. I was there for five years. George Welsh's last five years. Uh, when that job ended, I ended up at the University of North Carolina. Hey, old for- Tar Heels, yeah. baby. 2001. Yeah, that was the oh, low yeah. point, Coach. Right, the, the 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 low point having to deal with Paul. Well, there's been some several low points through this journey. But, <laughs> and uh, one I was of them for Paul. six years, and uh, after that ended, uh, a lot of times these jobs dry up before you're ready for them to dry up. I uh, ended up at uh, Clemson University for four years. Uh, then I went to the University of Maryland for four years. And I've been at the University of Pittsburgh. Uh, this is going to be my ninth season. That's a long That's time a, for a coach to be at a university for nine years. That's a long yeah, stint. You don't see yeah. that quite often. That's right. I'm going to tell about, you what, as somebody who did 20 years in the military, you have moved around way more yeah. than I have. Yeah. <laughs> holy <laughs> cow. Like, holy between cow. Jobs, yeah. Between yeah. jobs and boats. I've owned a lot of boats and uh, I've, been, I've owned a lot of houses. <laughs> yeah. That's a. <laughs> It's a lot of moving. I don't think people realize yeah. how much you got to yeah. move when you're coaching yeah. like that. Like, you know, that's, that's, a lot. That's, not, that's not too unusual, particularly when you're young, because this business is such a word of mouth advertisement, uh, you know, fraternity. A mm-hmm. lot of times you get jobs because of people, you know, um, so it's recommended when you're young to, to, you know, be able to pull up and move uh, mm-hmm. just to just to build that base. But as you get older and you start having kids, um, moving kids is not easy. You get a kid, you know, when we went to Maryland, you know, my son was a freshman. He was going into a sophomore year. You know, that's when they start having girlfriends and real friends. That was tough. Mm -hmm. And then when we left Maryland and went to uh, Pitt, you know, my daughter's about the same. But she's just finishing her 10th grade year. Yeah. Uh, So so those are hard to move. Then you start thinking about, hey, we got to, we got to, we got to sell a house. You got to buy a house. You got to prep a house. You know, I don't know how many houses you sold, but prepping a house, getting it ready. You know, mm-hmm. you get a call from the realtor. Hey, somebody wants to see the house. Now you got to wipe everything down. Make sure the dishes are clean. Make sure the beds are made. Get out of the house. Come back an hour later. And uh, my wife did a great job with that because I'm, I'm not around a whole lot. But those, those and are all on- things that coaches do. And on that too, you you're trying if you're selling a house, you're trying to buy one to where you're going as well. And not yeah. to mention all the stuff that you got to do, you know, time of year, you're making yeah. those changes in in the winter and in the summer, and then yeah. you're also trying to do all the football stuff and get together yeah. with all the coaches. I mean, there's a lot that, going on yeah. in that. That's that's why your wife you got to have a strong wife, independent wife that can do those things. 
And then and the one the other thing that coaches love is the double mortgage when you have to buy a house and you hadn't sold the other one. That's always <laughs> that's always fun, yeah. And and in contrary to popular belief, college coaches don't you know, but besides maybe being the head coach, college coaches ain't making the money that people think you make. I was about to say some of them are I making mean, the money. You ain't making millions. <laughs> Uh, like well, some this, of the folks out here, not many people making millions, but anymore, yeah. you know, if you're a division one coach, um, I mean, you're, you're making a pretty handsome salary, yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. but 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 you work for it. I mean, people mm-hmm. say, Hey, what are you doing in the offseason? When you're golfing or what? I mean, you know, we, we played we played the UCLA in the bowl game, you know, you mm-hmm. look back at you know, you go that that game was on uh, December 28th, mm-hmm. now you go back to training camp, which started in August. You know, you're talking about having four days off from August to, to, to you know, uh, December 28th. And then you come back and you got a couple of days off, like three days off, and, and recruiting starts again. So recruiting mm-hmm. goes through a cycle. You know, you have signing day. And then you have to start uh, looking at what you did last year, what worked, what was not good, what was good. You know, start looking forward to uh, the players you have, how you're going to, how you going to play in your season, the, the, the opponents, you know, you study other teams, you study pros, try to figure out what's good, what's not good. And then you start spring practice. And right after spring practice is spring recruiting. And then the month of June now, June used to be a pretty casual month, but anymore, you know, you can have official visits. So you start having official visits, you know, you start having camps, you know, mm-hmm. when all well, the high school kids come in, and then during the week, you're working with your players. You know, the, you know, we're allowed to have a meetings. We're allowed to have a little bit of time on the field with them. So as it turns out, the month of June, which used to be kind of casual, we actually work every day in June, with the exception of like the la- you know, like our vacation starts like June 26 or something like that. Other than that, every day in June we work. Mm. I've got so coach a uh... go ahead, Paul. Go ahead, Alex. No, you go ahead. Hey. Yeah, I like I, I want to dive right in because I feel like it, it, it's pro- probably super important. I, I want to know what your kind of take or uh, your role in you're, you're dealing with young men that are coming into this college uh, scene, right, with, with potential to make life changing, generational changing money. Like, sure. like how much are you involved, not just with the X's and O's, but also with the growing up? Because. I mean, I'm, I'm sure that's got to be some of it, right? Like, as somebody who was in the military, I'm not dealing with life-changing money, but, right. but I had to help groom people to be better people. And I'm sure there's right. a uh, th- there's a lot of crossover on your end. Well, we have a program um, at Pitt called Life Skills, which mm-hmm. is a four-year program where they teach our our athletes how to how to manage life. You know, how to deal with interviews, how to deal with you know, your savings account, uh, you know, how to dress, you know, dining etiquette, all those things, all right? right. Trying to prepare them for the workforce because the bottom line, you know, only a handful of those kids are going to make that life-changing money. Mm-hmm. Other than that, we spend lots of time, and I, well, let me say this, I can only speak for myself, mentoring kids. In fact, when I first got to the ACC in 1996, Really, my life goal was to be a head coach or coach in the NFL, right? And, uh, of course, those those opportunities didn't c- quite 
cross my path. Mm-hmm. But as I've gotten older and I start seeing kids that I coached 15 years ago and, and, and they show up and they start saying, Coach, man, I really appreciate how you treated me, how you helped me. And so that's that's really become my calling, mentoring young kids. In fact, Sunday I'm fishing with a former player of mine who I have not seen since 1996. <laughs> yeah, so – I mean, so that's, that's, what, I, I, that's awesome, right? Like to be able to like put your, uh, be able to help somebody like that. Right. And then this, however many years it, later, they, they want to come back to see you again. Yeah. Yeah. You know, the thing that, the thing that eats at guys like me is the ones you couldn't reach. The ones that have real potential, you know, real nice kid, but just couldn't quite get in gear. And then they leave your program and you see they, they ran off the road at some place and they just, all they had to do was just take heat. So, so the real deal is, you know, each, each coach, when they recruit, you know, we don't recruit, I don't just recruit running backs. I recruit an area. So let's say I'm recruiting a defensive lineman or an offensive lineman. You know, we take responsibility on not recruiting a bad kid and put in someone else's room. Everyone has to manage their room, right? Mm-hmm. And so that's that's really important. But inevitably, we get kids that have some bad backgrounds. I'm not talking about like criminal backgrounds, but I'm talking about tough situations, no dads, you know, yep. poor, you know, just some bad situations. And so you try to you try to help them navigate some of the things that you, I didn't navigate very well and try to keep them from stepping on some of the same grenades I stepped on. And sometimes they get it and sometimes they don't. And they step on those same hand grenades. That's tough. So, right? I guess you don't I, step on a hand grenade. <laughs> no, no. I mean, that's uh, like, like, that's tough. I, I, I totally get that. Like I I've worked with kids and, uh, like I've worked with kids in the military. I knew grew up, uh, not in the best scenarios, right? And I didn't grow up in the best scenarios either. And then when I try to push them to the right scenario and and it doesn't work out, it's like, man, it's like a loss of potential where you're like, you could have, you could have righted this track, right? And I can't even imagine on the other end too, though, when you're talking about sports with what you're dealing with, because literally we're talking about if somebody is is really good at football, you have... Mm -hmm the potential to make generational changing oh, money. Oh, yeah. And when they get in the way of themselves, it's like, damn, that's such a, a sad, sad loss. Yeah. And sometimes generational money may be just graduating from college, getting a good job. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it you could know? be. Yeah. Nope. I mean, 100%. You know, you're true. Yeah. So I've been around guys that have, you know, make millions of dollars. I mean, millions yeah. But some of those kids, all they had to do was just do the right thing, graduate, and get a good job and have a good career. And um, you know, they they weren't weren't able to pull it off. Yeah, all they had to do was not kick an eight yard punt on national television. Well, yeah, I mean, still, you can still have a good career after that. <laughs> yeah, but no, but no, Paul's here. This is his career now. He hit an eight yard punt and now he's on uh everybody's <laughs> weekly distraction from quality podcasts. So coach, uh, on uh, we, we got your journey through football that's brought you to here with football. 
what does it look like with fishing? When did you start? When did you get into fishing? And how did you progress to where you are now? Because even so, so your and our relationship started in 2001. So we're 22 years ago. I mean, you know, you, that's you old. I'm old, but you older. That's a long ass time ago. Uh, that's a minute. That's but a minute. disrespectful. Yeah, yeah, it's been a, a couple. But yeah. what did it? What did it? How did you get into fishing? And and how did you get into? So you don't have a lot of time to fish, but you still find time to fish the BFLs and these regional right. trails, which we'll yeah. talk about the regional trail you're fishing now. Um, when did all the fishing journey start? Well, so I live in the country now. So just to put it in perspective for you, my house is approximately 25 miles from a red light. Okay. <laughs> so, so I always Yo, tell hold people. On, hold on real quick. That's the best way to describe how country your house is. Is you describe the miles from a red light. Yeah. That is the That's new nice. standard for now on. Alex, so, Mark, time yeah, 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 time stamp. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's so, the new standard for uh, time. So, so I always tell people I graduated 13th in my in my graduating class in high school. And they go, wow, you were pretty smart. Well, the disclaimer is there were only 25, so I didn't quite crack <laughs> the top 50. So living on the farm, living with my dad, my dad's a worker. I mean, my dad is, he just he just got in off the farm just a couple minutes ago. He's 91 years old. He was been working on the farm today. So on the weekends, when all my friends were at the mall going to the movies, dude, I was I was working, I was planting corn, I was moving cows, and so my dad would excuse me off the farm for several reasons. If I was going fishing, but I had to bring them home because my dad loves mm. fish, and I, we'd live on the river. Right. Um, if I had a ball game, uh, that, or if I was going hunting, those were pretty much the three. Or I had you know, something at church going on, you know. So those those were the criteria. And if I didn't have that going on, I was just working. So I would jump at every opportunity to go down to the river and go fishing because that would get me off the tractor. And I could go down there and get a bucket of worms or a bucket of minnows or sweet bait. You guys, you never you ever heard of sweet bait, Paul? Man, never I ain't heard. never heard of no sweet bait. Now you're going to learn me something. I was here. about to say, Coach is already <laughs> smart to not even ask me. He's <laughs> like, this guy's way too northern to know <laughs> about sweet bait. <laughs> His Yankee well, ass don't know nothing so, about so, no sweet, sweet bait. <laughs> so sweet bait. Sweet bait's a larva that you catch in creeks. You go down the creek and you find like big clumps of leaves and rocks. And you go downstream and you put a, a, a seine in the water and you flip over the rocks and they float down and get in your net. Anyway, them and Helgamites. You seen a Helgamite? Mm, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Got a Wait, wait. Got I want to go back to the sweet bait. Are, are you? Hold on. So it, it's just whatever floats down the river? Is it like well, a big no, grub? Or? No, no. It's a small it's a small bait. It's white. Huh. and It looks like a little grub. But we call it okay. a sweet bait. All right, know. all right. So, so from there, you know, we, we just fished the fish. I mean. Mm -hmm. and, and I remember I had a buddy of mine who liked to bass fish and he would take me fishing. And I really didn't get the whole deal with dragging a worm and all that. But anyway, so when I get to Indiana, as it turns out, the guy that recruited me, Floyd Keith, was a bass guide on, on uh, Lake Monroe in Bloomington. And that's the first time I had the opportunity to see a guy, you know, at that time, use his depth finder, use marker buoys fish offshore, fish river channels, points, you know, because we were always throwing at something. Mm 
Mm-hmm. And so I left there and I just, I just caught the bug to, to bass fish and, you know, would, would fish at every opportunity from the shore. Just any, any chance I had an opportunity. And then as I got a little bit older and got my first boat and joined the club and started fishing competitively in c- clubs and North Carolina, the BFLs and fishers of men and whatever I can fish, like Angler's Choice Tournament this weekend. I fished a big bass tournament last weekend. Uh, just what, whenever I can, I have time to go compete and, you know, that's, I just try to take advantage of it. And so you, um, what, when did you get into the big bass boat scene and start fishing the tournaments? When, when did that happen? Well, let's see. I got my first, I got a, when I, when I left Rhode Island and moved to West Point, uh, I bought a little small, it was called a glass stream. It was like a 16-foot aluminum mm-hmm. boat with a 70 Johnson on it. And had one live well. And I fished a few tournaments on Lake Anna, Oregon, Virginia. And then I found myself in a bass cat. And I just started fishing Tuesday nighters, Wednesday nighters, you know. And then um, I moved to North Carolina, ended up in another boat. Start fishing the Tuesday night. I start fishing BFLs, um, then Clemson. Just you know, it just mm-hmm. got it just kept getting bigger and bigger. You know, you move, you get a you know a little bigger boat, and you get a little nice. You get a little better electronics, and you start fishing with some nicer poles, and and you start fishing with different guys. And the the really thing, the drift, the, the big thing is, you know, from place to place, the fishing is totally different. Uh, for example, when I lived in Virginia, I probably caught 90% of my fish on the jig. You move to North Carolina, mm-hmm. fish the same lakes, Car Lake, Lake Gaston, you catch 90% of your fish on the crankbait. You move to Clemson, you know, you're fishing Spotted Bass Lake, you catch 90% of your fish on top water lures. Now you move to you move to Pennsylvania, you're catching 90% of your fish on drop shots and Ned rigs. So you, know, I, you get, you get I, out. I was gonna say cast nets because that's the only way you can get them to bite. I tell you what, <laughs> that, that little body of water up there called Lake Erie is water. Yeah, water. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that little pond, that little that pond, little Lake Erie. I'm thinking of the other back. end of Pennsylvania. I, I I'm close <laughs> to Philadelphia, so I was thinking you either catch them on fentanyl dipped uh ned rigs or oh, a cast yeah. net well you know that susquehanna river oh, oh it's Lord. gnarly Lord. Yeah. in the kayak yeah. world we know the susky because people yeah. we have tournaments up there and they wear yeah. the damn fish out up on the shout susky out now. shout out real quick to jake uh if you're still Arsman. listening to the show um i'm gonna continue i'm gonna look right into the camera for it you are a national treasure and we will protect you always <laughs> Coach, on on the fishing side, you had you worked with a couple guys that are fishing MLF now when you were at Clemson, and you had you you helped. If I'm not mistaken, correct me if I'm wrong, but you you helped with Clemson's fishing team back when you were at, the, yeah. at Clemson University, yeah. right? Yeah, they started the team off the faculty rep when they started the team. They had some really good freshmen. Um, I became good friends with Brian Latimer. Now Brian Latimer was older. Who's was that? Who? Brian Latimer B Lat. Oh no, no, I'm just joking. We all know <laughs> who the hell he is. <laughs> Holy cow. <laughs> I cannot believe you said that yeah. name to be honest. Yeah. Holy Pretty good shit. friends with B Lat. 
Yeah. Now he wasn't on the team. I'm yeah. his little brother was on the team. And his and his and B Lat's dad's probably the best fisherman in the family, by the way. Mm. Um his dad's hot take. His dad's hot take. Um but I got, I got to know him real well. I learned a lot of things from him, particularly for fishing a jigging spoon down there in, in, in January. Um, then through him, I met Mark uh, Mark Daniels. Uh, prior to that, uh, a couple of names you probably don't know, Robert Pearson was a FLW pro. I mm-hmm. became good friends with um, a guy right there in uh, North Carolina. God, I can't call his name right now. Um, he just moved up to Lake Gaston. Oh, my gosh. I'll think of his name. Great guy, FLW pro. And then along the way, I forged some good relationship with some 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 lower companies. Pratt Co. is probably the the biggest uh, one that I have the best relationship with. Oakley, um, and then G Loomis. So mm-hmm. along the way, I've, I've made some pretty good friends. How how was how was helping a college fishing team? How did that relate or how did that compare to coaching college football? Because Zero. when you were at Clemson, because <laughs> <laughs> when you were at Clemson, y'all, y'all had some damn good ass teams. You coached James Davis and CJ Spiller at Clemson. Y'all yeah. had some good ass teams when you're at Clemson. Yeah. Uh, Spiller, was he good? Being the faculty rep for the Bass team, it was really a rubber stamp. They needed a faculty rep to start the team. Now, one of the guys, one of the guys that was on the team lived down the street from me. He had a bass boat and he had a center console boat. So we sank a lot of brush together. Uh, but in terms of coaching the team, traveling with the team, zero. But uh, that Davis fella and that Spiller fella, they're pretty good players and they're good Thunder kids. and lightning. Thunder and lightning. And there were some other good kids. I mean, Andre Ellington was a heck of a oh, player. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, Jamie Harper, very talented player. Um, so I, I had, I've had some, I had some good players there. All right. So tell me this then. So you, you, your buddies with and a fish with some folks that are in the, uh, a professional angler. They're at the, the yeah. top of the game. And then yeah. you've coached football players that have played in the NFL and been gr- unbelievably great NFL players. What is the, what is, what's, what are the things that you see that correlate between the two, right? What the great anglers that you've been around, the great football players you've been around, yeah. how does that relate? What do you, what are the intangibles that you see there? Hold on real quick before we get to that, Paul. And I hate to interrupt this. This is the best Oprah question you've ever given. Like this is the pinnacle of your podcasting career. Like you put it all together just behind the scenes for everybody. He put it all together. This is the most Joe Rogan, Oprah Winfrey question he could give. And it's a great question. I I, I just want to make sure that Paul gets a recognition for this question. It's solid. Those great players and those great fishermen, they have IT. They got it. Mm. What's IT? It's a lot of things. You know, uh, like C.J. Spiller, for example. I could teach TJ a lot of things, but the one thing I could not teach him is how to run fast. Mm-hmm. That's that's DNA. He came in the door with that. Yeah. Uh, Mark Daniels. Uh, I mean, he's got it. He knows where to look. He knows where they where they should be. He knows what they're going to eat. 
you know, James, I mean, Tiki Barber, I mean, he made cuts that was unbelievable. Now, here's, here's what they do. They work at it. I mean, those guys that are professional fishermen that are at the top of the game, they eat, sleep, fishing. Mm-hmm. And, and I try to tell young guys when it comes to football, being a good football player is a career, which is a lot different than a job. So, for example, um, let's say you're, uh, you're, you're, you deliver mail, work for the U.S. Postal Service. Great job. Great Shout job. out, Amandy. Yeah, great benefit. My wife. His, yeah, his, his wife's wife. a postal worker. <laughs> she delivers the mail. Yeah, but if you compare that to a doctor, you know, I, I'm just, I'm just going to assume if you're a doctor or you're a lawyer, when you get home at night, you spend uh, a, a percentage of your time researching, talking to your counterparts about different techniques and whatnot. Um, and that's the difference. So football players are required to be in our office, in our facility, so many hours a day. But so often it's the time spent over and beyond required time, uh, studying tape, um, making t- taking care of your body, um, you know, resting properly, stretching, looking at video. You know, we always send our kids, like if we practice tomorrow, all the plays that we're going to run tomorrow are scripted today. And I was sending send them that script tonight. And so you can always tell kids that have looked at the script because they, they come to practice, they come to meetings prepared. They have questions. They've written down questions. What does this mean? I see we're running. We're going to do this in period three. I'm not familiar with this. Wonder if this happens. What's the quarterback going to say? Those are kids that are well prepared. And, and, and those, are, those are the things that help you elevate your game. All right. So when you go fishing, hold on, Paul. I got it. When, uh, when you're fishing, though. So, so you're talking about a super regimented schedule, right? And you're right. Which you need to be for these football athletes. Do you carry that on in your uh, in how you fish? Like well, are you super regimented into it? Yeah. Well, here's 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 you know I I don't have the time to do all those you know that extra time. So what I do throughout the season, you know, I I study fishing by YouTube videos. You know, I'm watching to see what's trending when the water's in the 40s. And, I, you know, I'm trending to see what crankbait is, is the best. Uh, you know, what jerkbait the guys catching them on. And then mm-hmm. it's like a game plan for me. Like, you know, we go into a game. We know what we're going to do on third down and medium. We know what we're going to do in the red zone. And for me, based on the water temperature time of the year, I know where bass should be. So, like, I'm going to be on Jordan Lake Friday, and I've got, probably a dozen places where there should be bass and i've got a pretty good idea of what they should be eating so i will go to those places i will you know search with my depth finder you know i will try to make good casts, put the bait where it's supposed to be uh you know there's a brush powder so i'm just i'm just i'm just going on years of years of experience from my experience and pros experience some but pros you still put in the work in on the other end which mm-hmm. i like yeah. to, i i think that's cool yeah yeah and it'll be guys out there young guys that if, you know so for yeah. example i came back and fished a term i left i left carolina after the 2006 season right 
I came back uh, about 2014, maybe 2014, 2015, and fished a tournament. Hadn't been on Jordan Lake since 2006. Mm -hmm. I went through the same places, checked the same spots, caught 24 pounds in a tournament, right? Mm-hmm. I couldn't have done it. I didn't lose. I, I did lose one fish. Maybe yeah. it could have helped me. Maybe not. So that's the same game plan. I know where they should be. And then I always try to find uh, an area or two that's not so, that's a little subtle that yeah. a lot of people mm-hmm. may overlook. And I know it'll be guys with fancier equipment and they got more recent time on the water. But I'm just going to try not to, I, I, you know, like at a football game, you know, there's certain things that make you lose games, turnovers, penalties, mm-hmm. you know, things mm-hmm. of that nature. So in fishing is losing fish, equipment that not, that's not working, um, you know, wasting time. And I'm just going to try to do those things and fish clean and let the chips fall where they may. Listen, you, what, you, what, you've covered that perfectly. And I, I think it covers fishing and uh, football perfectly where just don't follow Paul's advice. So don't watch his YouTube <laughs> because uh, you're never going to catch fish. And then uh, he was a failed punter as well. So hey, listen, hey, uh, I, I think you're, hey, you're, hey, you're, you're, you're in the I don't right put realm. enough YouTube out there to do that. But on this, one of the things we've talked about this on the podcast and we've had like not arguments, but you know, some hot takes on here about you hear folks say, well, if I had the time and the money, I could mm. be just as good as Kevin Van Dam. You hear that no. all the time. You don't no, hear that's, anybody that's go, yeah, you don't hear anybody go, well, if I had the time and the money, I could be as good as Tiki Barter, Barber running the football. No, no, no. To me, that's... it is the same thing. There are intangibles with yeah. the people who compete at the highest levels of their right. sport. There are intangibles in there that only yeah. like, Point zero zero one percent have. That's why. That's why. What is it like? Point zero one percent of college athletes make it to the NFL. Yeah. And the NFL stands for not for long. The average lifespan is three years. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. now with fishing, you get the same thing. The worst angler on on a on a circuit is as good as ninety nine percent of the other anglers out there in the world. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a whole different. I think it's mental. From well, your perspective, what is the mental is because you you can say that there's not a physical aspect of fishing that there is, but I think not. the majority of it is mental. A lot of it's mental. You gotta you gotta make good decisions, right? You gotta make good decisions. You gotta be able to grind through some bad weather. You know, if it's windy, you know, if it's 10 mile an hour wind, it's not just blowing on you, it's blowing on everybody else. So you just got to grind through some some of those things. But I'll look at it kind of like the tires on the bus. Right, the back tire is never gonna catch the front tire. You can accelerate, and you accelerate. You never the back tire is never gonna catch the front tire. Uh, and so, like Van Dam, for example, uh, I could fish oh. until I was sixty. Well, that let, let's, let me get another age. That's not too far away. I could fish till <laughs> I'm eighty, and I'm probably not gonna be as good as Van Dam because he's got so many years ahead of me already. Um, and some of those guys, you know. Some of those guys are really good. I mean, Jacob Wheeler's good. Mark Daniels good. Jacoby, huh? Yeah, Jacoby Wheeler. Yeah, really good. They win a lot. But if you look, if you look at like the guys that win, I mean, every now and again, I mean, you just you just park your boat on a pile of fish. 
Mm. I mean, I fished tournaments where I knew I got beat by my co-anger on Car Lake one time, and it was the <laughs> most prepared I've ever been for a tournament. The most prepared. <laughs> I knew where they were. I know what I knew what brush piles they were on. I threw about four different baits in practice. The only bait I caught them on was a black black jig, and in the tournament, my my co-anger caught them on a green jig, mm. and, and I couldn't catch them. And I was the most prepared. I knew I was going to win that tournament. But it's been other tournaments when I went up there and didn't have good preparation. And I just happened to park my boat on a pile of fish. And, mm-hmm. uh, and, 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 and unfortunately, there's more people that don't park on a pile of fish than park on them. And yeah, so, good. and every now and again, you just, you're, you're one of those guys that hadn't won. And all of a sudden, it's your day. It's your day, and you and you find them, and they eat. They eat what you're throwing. <laughs> so, it's uh, there's a lot to there's a lot to say though about putting yourself on those fish. Like there's that, you know. Sure, can it be pure luck that you find those fish? Yes, but in general, you're taking knowledge and experience to where the fish should be. Yeah, and putting yourself in those positions to be successful. Right. Now, that's right. one thing with comparing it to football and fishing um you have to execute on both but right. in football there ain't we ain't dealing with an animal we ain't dealing with a you know a fish something that we can't see right. and that we don't really understand right. in football we have to deal with the elements but right. there's still something to say about putting yourself in a position to catch fish because I'm gonna say it, Alex. I'm gonna say it. Oh, our, I like our good I just buddy. In on this one, right? But yeah. Perry says you can't catch oh. fish where fish ain't. So if you're fishing where there ain't no fish, That's you right. ain't gonna catch shit. And then That's Edward right. Evers said it too. He said, "Look, a perfect cast where there ain't no fish ain't as good as a bad cast where there are fish." That's right. That's right. And on those same lines, you know, um, um, I just forgot what I was gonna say. <laughs> but that, this Bass and Brews, welcome, I welcome to. Just you were a Bass and Brews alum at this point. You're gonna oh say something for God. It was it was pretty good too. It was pretty good. <laughs> well, keep thinking about it. We'll get it back. It'll up. come back. It'll come back. There we go. Yeah. Did you? Kind of um, hold on. Now I'm gonna I'm gonna pivot back to the the football side. Uh-oh. Did your uh, how you handled your 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 football uh, leadership style as a coach? that differ when you're at West Point than when you went to like something soft like Clemson or something like that? No, you know what? Um, The kids at West Point allowed me to coach like Mm. my, like I, like my inner self. I was about to say because they're military cadets, right? Like they're, like they're willing to take the beating, right? They didn't take the beating. They they dealt the beating. <laughs> they had a saying: "You may you may win, but we will beat you." Oh, I love <laughs> it. No, yeah, that's solid. Yeah. So these kids were the, the absolutely toughest kids that I've ever been around. No, no task was too hard, and they yeah. went so. Um, and that's really my my real personality, at least it was then. But as you yeah. get older, you you realize you can do things more efficiently. Uh, like yeah. I don't like to yell at kids. Now, I yeah, can yeah. yell and cuss. I can yell and cuss with the best of them. But I got yelled really, we'll you know, yeah, I would, But I really would just like to do a great job coaching 
and a great job motivating kids and, 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 and get them to understand what we need them to do and then go do it. You know, my first game at Virginia, you, you guys probably never heard of the name George Welsh, but George Welsh is a, was an oh, old yeah. fellow. He's deceased now. Now uh, He was a Hall of Fame first ballot coach. And mm-hmm. it was really his personality was a real grumpy guy, um, not very happy. So our first game, I was waiting on him to come out there and just give the team the old gipper, you know. And, um, and I'm going to give you his pregame speech word for word. He walked out there and he goes, you guys ready? They said, yes, sir. He goes, all right, let's go. <laughs> Perfect. And so later I asked him about it. I said, you know, George, I was really expecting something a little different. He said, if you got to motivate them, you got the wrong ones. Oh, right? shit. So, but I, I do think you have to motivate them. But motivating them isn't always giving them some rah-rah. Motivating them is giving them the information that they need to win with, yeah. teaching them the fundamentals that they yeah. need to win with, uh, making them aware of all the scenarios and all the situations. And now they feel like they have uh, uh, physically and mentally, they have a chance to go out and win. And um, now again, if it's a chronic issue, you know, a guy's chronically late for meetings or missing class. Sure, he can get cut in a minute. He can get he can get ripped up in a minute. But I would prefer I would prefer to have guys that have a little bit more motivation than that. I love it. I love it, hey, man. On, like that's on the yeah on on the and so now in the last five or six years, college fishing has really taken off. Mm-hmm. It's it's been there for a long time. I remember NC State when I was in college in the early two thousands and we were together had a good bass fishing team. Mm-hmm. And but you so were too busy being ago. on the Glee team. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody asked you, Shawty. But the college fishing now <laughs> is a whole different level. I mean, it's not a so let's let's be clear with this too, folks. College fishing is a club sport. There's no NIL deals for college fishing. None of that bullshit. It's not football, basketball, baseball. It's none of that. It is a club sport. But what we see now is we see these college kids being able to make it to the classic and being able to do that. Coaching coaching a a fishing team now probably has a lot of the same mentality of preparation as it does in football, you think, huh? Well, I don't, I don't know. And Jeff Thomas is the guy from Raleigh that I couldn't think of. That was an FLW okay. pro, and he mentors the NC State team. Jeff Thomas, he mm. lives up on Lake Gaston now. You know, I don't, I don't know how those guys go about mentoring or coaching those guys. Um, you know, Pitt, Pitt had a bass team when I first got there, disbanded because it wasn't real big. Only a handful of guys had boats, and they all graduated. And I fished with one of them. He's a really good fisherman. In fact, they finished top 10 in the country one year, but I really don't know how they go about coaching those kids or, or, or any of that stuff. Really? I really don't know. Well, I don't do think, you think that the mental preparation probably be the same as how you mentally prepare your kids to play football. You know, I, I think it's, it takes some, some mental preparation. I think it's probably different. Um, you know, and I'm sure they're watching YouTube videos of, of old tournaments on 
Lake X or whatever it is, when we're sitting there, you know, we watch, you know, the red zone mm -hmm. 10 times. They probably watch the same tournament trying to figure out where that guy catch these mm -hmm. fish. You know, they sit run down late and go, that's mile marker 12. Where's that? And trying to see what, you know, so I'm sure that's preparation. Uh, for those guys that are good, I'm sure that's preparation. And, it's, and I'm sure it's more than I know. Um, but um, but but what it is for certain, specifically, I'm not sure. I'm a, like, as somebody, all right, total outsider, I'm going to speak in an authoritative manner here. I think it's totally fucking different. There's no way that like a college football athlete and a college bass fisherman, quote unquote, is the same thing. There's no way. No, There's no, way that, different. No. I mean, that's just like I'm not saying I mean, a pro hockey team would be different than a pro football team. No, no, but no. I mean, well, no, I mean, no. I, I think actually what you're saying is, no, those are the same teams. I, I think we're talking about, and we've talked about this, and I'll continue to raise that I think the whole pro fisherman thing is a falsity and it's bullshit. We're, no, um, we are not getting into coach. We had a we've had a couple yeah. podcasts talking Sorry, about our pro anglers, athletes. We ain't getting into that bullshit tonight. We ain't doing it. It's the but, preparation side though. But he just he, coach just said it. Like how how they're looking at film of the upcoming game, or they're looking at film for the the team they're no, going to play. No, listen, the they're looking play, that anglers are going to look at film for from the previous year at the same time on the same body of water. No, I'm going to call bullshit on that. Like anglers, no, so called uh, college <laughs> anglers are are looking at film. By that, I mean they're looking at dudes on YouTube. They're looking at Guggen Squad or whoever else is fishing, whatever. Um, and, and not to shit on Guggen Squad, but they're looking at whoever is fishing wherever. That doesn't... So, so, so some of those guys, they keep like a log. Yeah. And that, that, I bet they got a computer log of, you know, if they're going... Where to everybody home. else is fish but them. Well, but, but, but no, even <laughs> them. Even them. Ouch. I mean, they, they've got... They've got, yeah. they've got they've got waypoints on their GPS, um, yeah. uh, but they're preparing. But what I was going to say a while ago, it just came to me about mm -hmm. all the variables in fishing. I really think when you deal with fishing, there are more variables than any other sport. So, for example, mm -hmm. you can throw an out route. All right. You can throw an out route. Mm -hmm. And if the barometric pressure is dropping, it doesn't affect the football. Mm -hmm. yes. But it affects unless history. you're on the unless you're on the Patriots because it might because it <laughs> might be less air. <laughs> so that's just an example. I mean, <laughs> you know, you start talking about water clarity, water rising, water dropping, went out, yeah, of, the yeah. east, out of the north. You yeah. know, full moon. It's a full moon. Started Tuesday. You know, quarter should be moon. money for you boys down south. Waxing moon, waning moon. You know, there's a lot. There's a lot of variables that doesn't really apply to. I mean, if you're golfing, if it's a full moon, I mean, if you're a slicer, you're still gonna slice. Hold on, hold on, hold on. There we go. There it is. <laughs> that full moon ain't got shit to do with your slice. It ain't gonna be no, no better on no. a on a new it's moon a, or a full moon. You I think love, you I think love you think golfer you think golfers prepare by watching other golfers golf the same course 
I I don't know. They might actually, but uh, I mean, not I uh, like not uh, like anglers look at other anglers fishing a body of water. I guarantee but, it ain't that. Close. All right, all right, hold on. So, so you're saying? Do, do you think golfers look at like a like anglers do, right? Well, maybe not that, but they probably have a lot because I know like they change the course like for the Masters. I know sure. like the holes are different, so maybe hmm. studying other guys may not. But like studying greens, I mean, yeah. there's a lot, a lot of preparation goes in. I mean, to, there's to a lot of prep on that. Game, it's be a lot of prep. But but it, the prep on the bass side. So I'm going to be a total negative side on this one. Hold on, hold on. I'm going to interrupt it. Coach Powell, let me tell. Hold on, Shh. Coach Powell, let me preface what he's about to say and everything he's yes. been saying. He don't he don't tournament fish. All right, I do. We not talk about a guy that fun fishes. He fun yes. fishes. He don't tournament fish. Yep. He ain't out there losing money. He ain't worried about his his fifty dollar tournament entry fee You're and right. about winning money. Like he's yep. coming, he's he's yep. trying to dig into this because he don't yeah. tournament fish. So he's trying to he's trying to to conceptualize what it's like to prepare because he don't have not, to. No, no. So 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 i so like tomorrow I'm driving up to Raleigh. Yeah. And um I did not watch a lot of videos on Jordan Lake because I got a lot of timing on Jordan Lake. However, I've had a lot of time, like this afternoon, make sure I got the right lures tied on, make sure I got fresh knots, right? Uh, Does that make you a pro angler on no, Jordan? No, no. But okay. but it, 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 it would give me a better chance to be efficient during my practice. I only get one day of practice. Sure. Sure. I mean, I put all the rods away that I don't think I'm going to use. Yeah. So when I get there, I'm because I'm going to get a couple hours tomorrow, I get a full day Friday, but it's going to rain. And I just want to make sure that all my practice is efficient. And that's, and that, and that's a little bit of preparation. Now, to, to prepare for the big fish tournament we had on Lake Anna, I watched a ton of videos on Lake Anna. Uh, a lot of them I've seen several times. Um, and I know that, like, I probably have as much time in on Lake Anna than I do on Jordan Lake. But Lake Anna, Lake Anna is kind of like a crazy girlfriend. You know what I mean? When it's good, it's good. When it's bad, it's really bad. All right, Coach. Coach, let me uh, hypothetically let me throw this out to you here, right? Okay. Let's say on Lake Anna, you uh, win. Are you a pro fisherman? No. No. Okay. The whole question is that. That's a terrible question. I, I think a pro. I think a pro is somebody that does it for a living. What does that mean? Hold on. So, so what is that? We are what not getting into this Do pro it. angling shit again. This ain't happening. This ain't happening, Bo. We ain't I'm getting into it, it. No, you're not. <laughs> this guy's. See, Coach, uh, I no, told no, Jimmy on. and him go back and forth. We'd be arguing back and forth all the damn time. I don't. I don't but, claim but, to be a pro fisherman, but all I want to do is I want to. But but Coach has dealt like. with pro athletes before. Would you consider? Well, would, would, hold on, coach, coach, coach. Would you consider KVD an athlete? Would I consider him an athlete, or would yeah. I consider being a bass fisherman an athlete? Nope, nope. That's not what I said. An athlete. <laughs> well, I don't know. I've never seen him play basketball or run. <laughs> there you go. There yeah. you go. He yeah, answers. So I don't know question. if he's an athlete. Yeah. But he's you a have to be athletic to be a bass fisherman. 
Do you have to be a, do you have to be athletic to be a fisherman? No. No, you don't. No. You're but correct. Add, yeah. do, you, do you think do you think John Daly's an athlete? Nope. <laughs> I don't. You have to be athletic. To, you have to so you don't have to be athletic to be a, a great golfer. I uh so everybody hates me for this my uh everybody hates me for this opinion. But I also don't think golf's a real sport either. It's a game. Let's <laughs> well, play with money involved. Here's what you have to do. Here's the thing with sports. Alex. Go ahead, Ken. You may not have to be a great athlete, but you have to be very skilled. Yes. There you go. At the very game skilled. that you're playing. Yeah. 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 You're going to be very skilled. Yeah. yeah. And you've got to be able to make you got to be able to make quick decisions. You've got to be sure. sharp milled. And and for my time, my time around people that have played professional sports or been a professional in anything, it is that it's that gift, that inherent ability to make quick decisions and stuff like that. Hey, coach, tell me. So one of the I got to go fishing with you a couple of times when we played and it's outside of the uh, NCAA rules, I think, because probably at the time we probably broke them by you taking me fishing because the NCAA has some stupid rules. No. But we went the first time I ever heard of a wacky rig was when oh, yeah. you and I went to what? Jordan and you had yeah. I, it was the bubblegum trick worm oh, yeah. because at that point in time oh, yeah. there wasn't a stick bait. It was a bubblegum trick worm. And I remember yeah. you picking that up and throwing it in. I'm like, what the hell is it? What the hell is this? And you throw it out there yeah. and did it. So what I'm leading into, what what are your what what are your go-to techniques? Like what do you, you know, I, and I know it could change season to season, all this and that, but like what are you going to? What are you picking up? Well, since I've lived in so many places, I, I feel comfortable doing a lot of things. You know, I feel very comfortable with a jig in my hand or a creature bait with a heavy sinker and big boy fishing line. Whether I'm flipping bushes or whether I'm flipping grass, I feel very comfortable doing that. On the other hand, I feel very comfortable out on a hump in the middle of the lake with a with a with a big old crankbait tied on, right? Mm. And then you're not gonna hurt my feelings if it turns into a shaky head game or a drop shot game. If I'm out on Lake Erie and I'm out somewhere outside of Presque Isle Bay, and I got to drop down the six-pound line and put on a drop shot and and, and, and and find a couple of rocks out about 30 foot of water. I feel, I feel comfortable doing that, too. Um, so, you know, Saturday, Saturday, you know, it, it could be a couple of different things. I don't think, at least for me, I don't think I can have success just doing one thing. Uh, but on the other hand, I don't think I can have success either doing four things. So it's about two things for sure that should work for me and maybe one alternative bait. And there's a lot of different ways you can catch them. A-rig, you can catch them. Jerkbait, you can catch them. Crank, you can catch them cranking. You can catch them. I'm at the water temperature in the 60. You should be able to catch them on a wacky rig. You can flip bushes. So there's a lot of different ways you can catch them. But I, but I feel comfortable doing using several techniques. Are you? Do you use forward-facing sonar at all? I do use it, but it's not like um, it's not like a. It, let me say this: it, it has been it has been more helpful to me on like Erie, you know, okay. when you're you know, uh, but 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 really and truly, when you're on Erie and you 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 know you go to uh, Spot Lock, 
and your controller motor hands going back and forth. It's hard to see them. You can you I mean, you can see them. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes you can drop to them. Sometimes you can cast to them. And I'll have it on, uh, but um, sometimes them old boogers they lay so close to the to the you know hug the bottom so tight you can't see them. But it, it does help. But you know if you're fishing a grass lake, it's probably not going to help. Um, you know, and a lot of times for me, I'm still because I I only got it last year, right? I got it mm-hmm. last year. Still learning so, it. So the biggest thing for me is okay. I see a fish thirty <clears> feet away, <throat> casting thirty feet, trying to figure out. Cause I'll cast sometimes. Go, dang, dummy, that's fifteen feet. And then I'll cast again. And I, you know, I, I went past in fifteen feet. So, you know, the best. Well, irritated with that. We, I mean, we we fully understand you're learning live scope. That's why Pitt did so bad last year on the running game. No, no, that's not true. That ain't true at all. Look, I know. The last, it's like the last four years, Coach Powell doesn't had doesn't it's had some followers. I'm out. just, I'm just joking. <laughs> hey, I promise you, the fishing can go south, but the running game will not. <laughs> there we go. No, well, no, it's gonna go south, but it's gonna go, go south. south in the, in the but that running game's get, gonna get, go north. The running <laughs> yeah. game's gonna get it me done. And, me and Paul had the same comment. We were trying to say, yeah. After Alex insulted our guest, I just tonight. wish that hey, you sent more running backs to the West Coast so if we could make that happen. You know, you know those I mean? guys, they, you know, they, uh, they, they pick them. They got a chance to pick them. Maybe, Listen, uh, man, send them more to the Seahawks, and uh, I'll have you on the show every week. <laughs> you know, I've never had a guy play for the Seahawks. Although, I know. although I know. Russell, Russell Wilson, I recruited Russell Wilson. Yeah. And he tried to commit to us at North Carolina. We didn't take him. Mm. Well, one, well, he, he he's a he's a Wisconsin up. grad, not an NC State grad. I'll have to say that. Yeah, well, yeah. he's a good player. He good is player. the uh, best uh, Seahawks quarterback ever. I know it's uh, different now that he left, and it's whatever. But um, he's the best. I love that guy. Uh, my, my second daughter was almost named Russell, and oh, my really? wife, thank God, decided that was not a good name for her. Yeah, that would have been that would have been awkward. Be hey, what, what kind of what kind of boat you running now, Coach? I got a Ranger Z five twenty. Well, nice. All right. By the way, let me say this: I bought that boat. So, two thousand four, I bought a Skeeter yeah. uh, from Angler's Choice up in Martinsville. I had that boat 13 years, and when I got rid of it, I bought this Ranger from those guys. Let me tell you that these guys at Angler's Choice are unbelievable with their service. So I had some motor issues mm-hmm. yesterday on Lake Murray, and I'm thinking, this is not good. And so I call those guys at Angler, like, dude, can I bring it up? Now, those guys work on appointment. They're always backed up. He said, Coach, bring it up. So I didn't take it to Martinsville. There's an English Choice dealership in Spindale, North Carolina, which is only about an hour and a half from here. And, man, I took my boat up there this morning. I got there when they got there. And in a couple hours, I'm out. They got me running. And they didn't oh, have yeah. to do it. I mean, they were fantastic. Oh, yeah. That's good because you got a couple tournaments coming up. You just fished a tournament last week. We've referenced huh? you got the tournament coming up at Jordan and then got a mm-hmm. tournament. But that's on Saturday. And then you got another tournament on Sunday, right? Yeah, that's correct. Yeah. No. So what? Yeah, obviously you can't fish the whole tournament trail series. 
Right. What is, is it just the competition for you being a college athlete and being yeah. a coach? Is it yeah. just a competition for you to fish or yeah. like, what, why do you, why do you continue to just fish in competitions regular you know, rather you know, than fun is, fishing? One of the things in coaching, you always say, I can take mine and beat yours and I can take yours and beat mine, you know? So it's just, <laughs> I just want to go out there and say, how do I stack up? You guys fish down here all the time. You lived here whole, your whole life. I think I can whoop you. I'm coming down. <laughs> Hell yeah. And that's the way I kind of think of it, you know. Like Lake Anna, again, Lake, this would, no, I'm sorry, Jordan Lake. This would be like the third time I fished Jordan Lake since 2006, maybe the fourth mm -hmm. time. And um, I'm, I'm planning on winning. I'm going to win the thing. And then I'm going to Lake Anna the next day. I'm going to win on Lake Anna. That's my mindset. We're going to win. Mm -hmm. uh, Hell yeah. Swing for the fence. I got nothing to lose, right? So I always yeah. go. And then again, when you swing for the fences, you strike out a lot, right? <laughs> so so I'm prepared for that too. But I just want to go up there and just get my, try to put myself in position to win. And there's so many, so many games we deal with. You know, you win in the fourth quarter. You win with just a, a few seconds left on the clock. Unless, uh, unless Paul's your punter and he only punts <laughs> yards. Hey, coach, speaking of that, speaking of that, you you've had a long career. You coached a lot of people. You probably don't remember this, but I've only had a few moments in my coll collegiate career where I actually got to play. So Clemson, two thousand two, we we beat the we beat the tar out of Clemson at Clemson in one. Great game. We have them at home. Got a real good team. I get I get to start. Uh, you know, I think I had two punts before. They anyway, I have good. They had like forty-three yard average over the two games I played. Oh. No returns. Yeah, I kicked the eight-yard punt, and I run back the sideline. And yep. yeah, my nickname for my buddies yep. outside of 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 football was eight yard for years. Still, yeah. So eight anyway, yards. we roll hey. up. I roll yep. up. I roll up to the sideline, and I come. I'm pissed off. And coach goes, Roberts, what the fuck was that? <laughs> did I say that? I don't know, coach. <laughs> did I say that? Was it I'm, me that yeah, said that? You said it. <laughs> you said you know, it. Um, sometimes, sometimes, you know, coaches ask rhetorical questions. But you know what? Uh, that was young. That was young. That was young in my in my special teams career. It was. Yeah. And uh, you know, I've learned that the art of kicking, whether it's kicking or punting, just being off an inch or two can louse up the whole thing to be to be a great just like just like anything else to be um mm -hmm. to be at the top of your game is so <laughs> precise you know you would think like walking straight kicking straight All right, that's yeah. you start, walk straight kick straight you would think that's not a big deal but very few people can walk and not cross the middle line of their body coach so gave straight, the, the nicest ball, Coach mm -hmm. gave the nicest description of Paul being a failure. <laughs> no, no, man. Eddie. Hey, you know what, Paul? You know, here's the deal. Here's the deal. Hey, if you, if you, if you, when you try, you fail sometimes, right? The eight-yard punt hey, was we, a lousy punt, right? Let me ask it, you this. It was terrible. If you would have punted the ball 50, if you would have punted the ball 55 yards on that particular punt, would we have won the game? Probably not. No. No, who wouldn't have, right? And you know what? No. You know what? You know why you were punting? Why were you punting? 
because we got our butts kicked on offense. Because right? Paul couldn't, because Paul couldn't become a quarterback. Hey, I, I will That's say this. I will say this. Game. The game, uh, a couple games or a few games before, I punted against Syracuse, and it was a little bit of a low punt, and they returned it to the wide side of the field, and I had oh. two blockers that were blocking me on the sideline, and – you know, in, I know I was a punter in college, but in high school, I was a quarterback. I played linebacker. So, like, I like to hit people. Nobody anyway, cares. I had two people blocking me, and I ran full speed and knocked the shit out of both of them. Almost made the tackle. I didn't. Luckily, it got called back for holding for somebody else. But I came back, and I remember Coach saying, we watched film uh, that weekend. Coach said, look at that. Look at that. You know, something on that side. But, you know, it, that again, it goes back to – inches mean something i think that's the same thing in fishing too inch a bad cast inch uh, off uh, that, that's gonna uh, that could that could change stuff it could change i stuff. love how so paul is trying to transition this into an inspirational thing for bass fishermen when he made an eight yard punt hey Alan, he tries to hold on even went you on try to shit field. on me for my size <laughs> But you made an eight-yard punt and try to say you're a collegiate football player. So in all, you know what? For the whole Bass and Brews community, fuck you. It, uh, you have to be very skilled. Maybe you weren't a great athlete, but very skilled. He was not a great athlete, obviously. <laughs> hey, Coach, uh, we're, we're going to – we're going to start wrapping this up, but I got one, a couple yeah. other things for you on this. Um, we appreciate you coming on. What, what does your tournament seem? When does it end? When are you done for the year and you're back to full-time coaching? Well, I'm full-time coaching the whole yeah. time. Well, you know what I mean though? You know, when, when, well, does, yeah, when does the fishing end? When, when can you no longer fish again? You know when, what? when does that come about up? The, about the middle of July. I get okay. to the point where I don't want to go fishing. Yeah, yeah. I really don't want to go, right? Um, and really, so that, that I'll say that. And, and then what I'll do is, you know, we practice in the mornings, right? So, like, we come off the practice field at, like, 1130 in the morning. We're done with practice. Now, there's meetings up all, all the way up until the wee hours of the night. But yeah. on Thursdays during the season, Normally around one o'clock, I leave the office. So about once a month, I will get the boat because I live right on the Ohio River or close to the Ohio River. I'll get the boat. Me and my wife will go for a boat ride. And on occasion, I'll pick out a bait. By the way, in September and October, a spot bait on the Ohio River is fire. Uh, <laughs> but, um, juice. But, juice. Juice. Uh, normally, that's why I go so hard now. If it's trying yeah, yeah. to. Now I'm all this fishing in because I've been cooped up all summer. I drove through an unbelievable, you cannot believe the snowstorm I drove through Friday getting to Lake Anna last Friday. Oh, yeah. So uh, yeah. I go hard in February, March, and, um, you know, I got a couple of things in April. You know, I, I got a, a thing or two in May. Excuse me, when I'll be down on the Potomac. I recruit the, I, I recruit the D.C. area. Mm-hmm. So... Like if I if I'm gonna be down there for two weeks recruiting, I'll take the boat and I'll fish on Saturday or Sunday and leave my boat at a friend's house, recruit there all week and then fish the tournament. Mm-hmm. So, okay. but all right, um, well, we the only scripted part of this 
this whole podcast is coming up next, but I have one last question before we get to this. I'm going to put you on the spot now. I can guarantee ain't nobody, ain't none of these folks listening to this podcast. Oh, who is the the new one? Who is the most fun player you've coached? The most fun? The most fun player you coached, the one that you just got excited when they touched the ball or they hit the field. Who's the most fun player you've coached? I'm going to tell you, I'm going to call out a name you've never heard of this guy. His name was George Aston. The hell happened to him, man? A walk-on maniac. Yeah, what happened then? From Northwest Virginia. He Mm. made our whole offense go. He could block anybody. He didn't back down. He played special teams. So what happened to him? He played fullback. Fullbacks really don't get drafted. Fuck. Fuck. You play fullback, you get fucked. But he was more than a fullback. He was an H-back. He played on all special teams. Maybe one of the greatest college all-around players I've ever been around. Man. And I mm. love this guy because he was a complete axe murderer. And who, uh, who was who was that? What what who was that? What team? Pitt. 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 Okay. You so know who recent. he was. So so here here's how I can tell you who he was. You Pitt, know. the wrong side he, of Pennsylvania. That's what he's trying to say. He, he was he was a miniature Hedgecock. Okay. Oh Hitch, shit. So Hedgecock yes. may be second. All right. Oh yeah. But this kid, I love me some this Hedgecock. Kid, he wasn't, he wasn't as big as Hedgecock, probably a better player, but not as big, more athletic. And his year to go pro was during COVID, 20. Oh. And so they didn't keep all those free agents that mm-hmm. were normally, you know, you, you make mm-hmm. a team in training camp. They didn't keep all those kids around because they didn't want, you know, too many opportunities to catch COVID. So sure. he make a team, but he's one, he was a kid that, when I'm telling stories about what I want to get done in my meeting, it's normally guys like George Aston, uh, Hedgecock, uh, Daryl Medley, uh, you know Steve Carpenter. Steve Carpenter, right by the way, is what played for me at West Point. He's a he just got his first star in the army. He's a, he's a, he's the leader of the first cavalry uh, in uh, Fort Hood, Fort Hood, Texas. Yeah, Fort mm-hmm. Hood. Yeah. Awesome. All right. All right, man. Well, well we're getting we... down to the, the, the script section. I'll let ta- Alex take it away until he forgets half the questions, and then I've got the list up so I don't miss them. Fuck off. So what are we, so what are we doing? So what are we Listen, doing here right. it is. Alex this is called – shut up, Paul. This is uh, – listen, Paul, I'm tired of this. I know it's gone for a while, but now you're bucking up on, like, you think you can own this section. This is my hey, section. You Anyways, the question, oh, so I have oh, to own up. Shh, shh, Paul, I'm, I'm trying to figure out how to mute you at this point. I can't figure it out. But anyways, <laughs> this is the Bass and Bruce shotgun round. We're going to give you a rapid fire set of questions. Oh, well, okay. Yep. And listen, you're not on a, you're not on election. There's nothing like that. We want your right away answer to this question okay all right it's one word one word is it's yes no's this or that yes. it's one word right off the okay. top of the head no thinking paul paul and, and we might chastise you if we don't paul, agree okay. with the answer go paul, ahead Alex. i hate you right now quit saying my name go ahead coach uh yes. wacky or texas rig texas okay hmm. 
No, we'll take it. Uh, Crocs or flops? Flops. <laughs> oh no, man! Come on now, you see, you can tell you don't kayak fish because kayak fishers can't, <laughs> they can't wear no flops because when they try yeah. to get the boat off the ramp, the feet are slipping off because the croc mm-hmm. the flops are all wet. Now listen, yeah. hey, I've got some nice croc flops though. By the way, serious, <laughs> 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 serious. All right, uh, on the way to the lake, are you a uh, hype music or slow jams? Probably hype. hype. All right, all right, all right. So, so we got some age difference here. What kind of what? What's your definition of hype <laughs> music? What we listening to? That's old school. LL Cool J, Humo D. Okay, there we go. Um, uh, I mean, Man. that's normal hype music for me and Paul. I feel like, I mean, it's <laughs> it's definitely classics for yeah. some of our viewers, it's classics for all of us. We're yeah, all old, I get it. Um, all right, are you gonna spend more on a uh reel or a rod? I'm, I'm sorry, are you gonna spend more on a reel or a rod? Rod. Hmm. Ooh. Ah, that's a different one. Okay, I like that. Is, is yeah. there a particular rod? You know what? Um, so I've, I, you know, I was on the G Lumas pro staff back when oh. I was at Virginia, right? You're a pro. Well, yeah, well, so I've got like seven or eight old G Lumas poles. I got two cranking sticks, a couple worming sticks, uh, like a rattle trap jerk bay rod, and people are always trying to buy them. Right. And so and so I I've looked up the prices. Like some of those rods are now like four hundred and fifty bucks. Um so yeah. so, so oh, lately God. so lately I've I've experimented with some tattoo rods I like. Mm-hmm. Um um the bait casting and spinning. And so also recently I've kind of experimented with some A rigs and some giant swim baits. Yeah. And I didn't want to invest in a an expensive rod for big, a bait that I yeah, might not like. So I got a couple, I got a couple of big power rods that I like. Yeah. All right. But if I had to pick one rod, Glums. There we go. That's fine. Um. All right. You're out there, right? You got four hours out on the water. Right. That's all you got. Four hours. Okay. Would you rather have five two pounders? Or one seven pounder. Am I fishing for money? No, I no, didn't it, say it that. Don't matter. You got four hours yep. on the water. Don't be a politician. We talked about this, coach. Well, well, I'm probably gonna take the one. <laughs> there we You're go. Gonna take the one? One? one. My one man. Seven. There we go. Hey, pineapple. Now you on do pink. know. You do know those five two pounders would be ten, <laughs> 10 pounds, and it would be the seven pounder in a tournament, but. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, yeah. We hold but, on. But this Coast. is this is hold just on, a four hour four hour time period on the water. Okay. You know, we, we uh, also we total side point. Coach is the only one to call that out. Yes, we get it, Coach. But that's why we do a, a podcast and we 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 give this question. That's your one seven your one seven pounder would would weigh almost as much as my eight yard punt. No, no, it would be <laughs> less. No, no. <laughs> Coach is the only one to a net. (laughs) He's the only only one to break that down properly. All right. Pineapple and pizza. Yes or no? Mm. Why not? Sure. 
<laughs> oh man. I guess if you're up in if if you're up in the northeast New England, whatever he's been that everywhere. area of the country. It, yeah, he has it, been everywhere. It's gotta have some sausage on it too. Okay. Not, not just pineapple. Listen, speaking of eating the meat, um have you ever eaten beaver? Um, what? <laughs> um, I'm going to say no. But okay. you for South Carolina, you ain't never ate beaver. You got you 25 miles from the so, next stoplight. So, so this is bash and brood. I really don't know where this is going with the eating beaver. What do you mean? What do you mean? Where are you going to go? <laughs> I've never eaten those things in a pond with the big tail that that, that builds dams. No. no. <laughs> Raccoon, squirrels, uh, rabbits, absolutely. Oh, hold, hold up. All right. Side note, side note. Coach, we at practice, I don't remember what year it is, we at practice, <laughs> and at this point in time, you know me. You look at me, Roberts, you're not asking a squirrel. I'm like, yeah, man, I'm not asking a squirrel. He's no. like, I bet you I could skin a squirrel faster. And I was like, I don't know about this. I skin a squirrel so fast. I bet if I patent it, it would be patented. You remember, Seven seconds. I don't remember that. But you, you said yes. Seven yes, seconds. We, we had a conversation sitting at practice one day about skinning <laughs> squirrels. And I'll tell you, That's the people that were around me and Coach talking when we were talking about that were looking at us. Like we've lost our damn minds about skin and squirrel. Fastest, but typically no more than fifteen. Mm. Yeah, fifteen seconds See, to country. eat a beaver. Is that what you're talking about, or squirrels? <laughs> what squirrel? Skin a squirrel. Squirrel. Hey, 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 coach. I know the answer to this. No. Um, but I'm going to ask yeah, you. We already Do covered you large mouth bass. Yeah. Do I? Do yes. I eat them? No. Yeah. What? No, oh. Oh my God! I I no. never would have thought this. I thought you were well, a large mouth. You know, I I brought my mom like six or seven from Lake Murray yesterday. My parents eat them. I really don't like freshwater fish. Period. Crappy catfish. Mm. I really don't like it. Mm -hmm. Now, if you cook up a big thing of, uh, you know, striper uh, or red, all right. Well, I'm thinking. I'm thinking more salty. I'm thinking halibut. I'm thinking, you know, something, you know. Uh, How many uh, halibut do you guys have in the Carolinas? Well, they got them at the grocery store. <laughs> <laughs> um, halibut, you know, you start getting some those, you know. Uh, I'm trying to think, like, uh, red snapper, mm, you know. Grouper. Those, grouper. Those, okay. are, those are the types of fish that I like. So, I'm, I'm surprised as hell that I figured yeah. being from Lockport, South Carolina, you'd be eating largemouth. No, so my mama fried up. My mama fried up some today that I called yesterday. But I just, I just, uh, you probably thought I like eating beaver too, but I have never. <laughs> I was All right, Alex. I, ate beaver. I don't. All I don't, right. I don't. I don't like venison. Huh. You don't like beaver, or venison. <laughs> All right, Alex. Take 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 the most right, important listen, question the most that important we're going to ask question. him tonight away. Listen. We are uh, the Bass and Brews, the Brewskis, as they're called, are are, are going to judge you the most on this question. Okay. And uh, I'm going to tell you right now, this is sunk or raised so many accounts. Okay. All right. You ready? Yep. 
All right, every uh, fisherman loves a good sandwich. What are your top three sandwich proteins? Okay, well we're gonna we're gonna start with bologna. Is that a protein? (laughs) Oh man, man. right? Let's start. Yes, yes, sir. And then then it's got to be ham. Yeah. Right. And then uh, after that, there's uh, that's turkey. I love it. I yeah. love it. See, that's easy. This is, I think, is this the second? It's either the second in a row or second of the last three that we've got bologna. Oh, yes, the second in a row. Because it bologna, is the second in the row. When you bring this out, you're going to have so a bologna good. sandwich. Yeah. If you'd oh, ask like me this question, if you'd asked me this question about 35 years ago, maybe 40 yeah. years ago, I'd have said spam. Mm. He would have said, he would have said uh, beaver. I I love I love good old fried spam sandwich with some cheddar cheese. Listen, a fried spam, but but we've had off the wall uh, answers like liverwurst. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. (laughs) Uh, We've also had. uh, I know he hates it when I say it, but uh, Bailey, if you're listening to this, you know, part through spinach. He says spinach. spinach sandwich. Yeah. <laughs> wow. And then we also had, had delirious. Sandwich. We also had delirious angler said uh, his number one protein on a sandwich was cheese. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you know when you're fishing and you you know yeah. you got to have mayonnaise on your bologna, right? My man. So, yes. So so protein. You know you had to go that route, but. You know, one one that's always a staple in the in the old ice chest is crunchy peanut butter and jelly. Mm. But it's well, not a pro- no, like like we have had peanut butter, like that's well, fine. But the crunchy, yeah. the crunchy, that's that's yeah, different. Yeah. We want the chunks. I got you. Uh oh, shit, coach dropping stuff. You dropped my dip can. <laughs> <laughs> All, All right, right. well this was awesome, coach. Hey, um. Look, shout out, you got any sponsors or anybody you want to shout out, social well, media, anything like that, holla at them well, right it, now. Hey, Yum Fishing with Pratco. So I don't yum. know if you're familiar with the company Pratco because it doesn't go by Pratco, but Pratco owns Yum, Excalibur, War Eagle, um, um, a lot of different things. I meant I, I'm going to be throwing some, some Yum Dingers uh, tomorrow. All mm-hmm. right, we'll be throwing some yes, sir. knockers. I'm gonna be throwing some half ounce uh, war eagle spinner baits. Um, I'm gonna be throwing some of those big Excalibur uh, uh square bills. So, those guys uh have done an unbelievable job. Uh, let me say this we've had an unbelievable relationship for a guy that's not a pro, right? Not yeah, and uh, so that, that's 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 the big deal. And of course, the guys at Angler's Choice on fishing Angler's Choice tournament. And um, those guys have been good to me for since night since 2004 when I bought my first boat from. Oh yeah, dude. Hey, let's don't forget the Pit Panthers. Pit University of Pit. Oh, I mean, now, it's the wrong all, side. Hey, all the Brewskis, no, all the Brewskis, all the Brewskis now have somebody to pull for in college football yeah. with Pit. Yeah. That's, right. That's probably other than uh, Villanova. Hold on, Alex, coach was but, talking. Uh, Hold on. I said, Pitt's probably the biggest sponsor. They pay most of the bills. Uh, <laughs> <There we go. laughs> 
Well, thanks, Coach, man. We really appreciate it. It was great having you on. We got some insights into the college football world. I we know did. we could have gone down a lot of stuff like the NIL and some of the crazy shit that's going on with college football now. <laughs> but hearing, you know, hearing your, your perspective and your fishing journey and you playing college football and then coaching at the highest level is is amazing. It was great. We appreciate you coming on, buddy. All right, Paul. We'll see you. See you, hey. Alex. Hey, 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 coach, hang on for a minute. Um, b- before we move anywhere else, I know it's like cliche. I'm gonna do this whole game where I like, yeah, coach, bait. hang on for one second. Hold on, coach. 